Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, October 8, 2017. Our text for the day comes from Genesis 3, verses 1 through 13. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. I think by now, those of you who've been with us during the series know that I'm quite agitated about almost all of these sayings because I think in every case they're well-intentioned, but they're simply not true or they're inaccurate. And today is another one of those that I've heard all my life, and as I sit here and as I read the Bible and as I look at it, it's just not defendable. But I want to start, before that, I want to start with some good news for you all. If today's saying is true, then you have no need to worry about your salvation because there is no sin in the world. And I'm serious, not a joke, not trying. If today's saying that we're exploring is true, then you aren't responsible for anything. Now, along with that will come, you can't get mad at anybody for anything because it's that's not their faults. And God can't get mad at us because it's not our faults. What am I? It's one of those sayings, you see it on the bulletin cover, uh, you know, if the Lord didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. We see, hear those kind of things, or we couch it in something that makes us feel even a little bit better. Well, um, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. You know, we throw phrases around where we try to say something happened, that this happened because God wanted it to happen. And the scriptural evidence for that is just not true. And as you pick up whichever translation of the Bible that you use, you see that that is one of the earliest myths that's debunked in the Bible. For after the creation story comes the very famous 
well-known, and it's almost tragic in a way how it's become a punchline, the story of Adam and Eve and their sinfulness. And as I was reading this passage again, preparing for this sermon a couple of months ago, and as I reviewed my notes this week and went through it, I noticed something very important that strikes the reader leading off. And that is nowhere in this passage did the devil tell Eve to eat of the fruit. Nowhere in this passage did the devil say, y'all have to eat of this fruit. And yet so often we want to blame the devil for stuff we do. And yet it does not say that the devil made them do it. Not at all. Keep, you can read those first five verses all you want, but nowhere does the devil say to eat of it. What does he say? He says, you know, he just asks questions. I feel like I'm talking to a pollster or I'm talking to a salesman. Did, the, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree. But the serpent said to the woman, oh, no, 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 no. You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Again, nowhere in there did the snake say to them, go ahead and eat it. What the snake did was distract them from God's will. What the snake did was found what it would take in their lives to distract them from carrying out the will of God. I wonder how often you and I get in trouble because we have a habit of looking at things in a certain way, and we get thrown out of whack when things aren't the way they've always been. Any of y'all have that issue? I have that issue. I'm a Methodist by definition. I like method to everything, okay? But we have to be careful that in our tunnel vision, we don't miss what else could be happening because Adam and Eve were just sitting there doing their thing. That's why the first point we must remember from today is that evil disguises itself far more shrewdly than we might think. Evil disguises itself far more shrewdly than we might think. It was one of those things as I was reading through it, and I had to buy a large print Bible when I turned 40, but as I was reading through this thing, I couldn't find it. Because the first point that I wanted to make was we have to be careful whose directions we follow, but Satan never gave them a direction. Think about your own life. Think about the life of your family. Think about the life of your friends. Think about the life of your community, of your church, of your state, of your world. How often do things get inflated and misunderstood because we don't listen to each other? Or we hear what we want to hear, but we don't hear what's actually the truth. That's what was going on with Adam and Eve and their encounter with the snake. And look at what all came out simply because Adam and Eve didn't realize that evil disguises itself more shrewdly than we might think. 
You keep going. And he laid out these things. And he said, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes and the trees were to be, you know, lots of detail there. And details matter. Details matter, especially in temptation. Because one of the fallacies that I think we have with sin is we assume that everybody is attracted, you know, that something that is sinful is going to be obviously sinful to everyone, and that's not true. It's just not true. There are universal standards of sin. Don't walk out here and say, preacher said sin is situational. I'm not saying that at all. Well, what I'm saying is, is that the details matter in life. And how we interact with God and how we interact with God's children, how we interact with our church, how we interact with our fellow Christians is essential. So let's go back and let's look at what's going on in the Garden of Eden right after creation. Adam and Eve have been placed in this garden by God. Never forget that. Adam and Eve were placed in this garden by God and they were given one task to tend to creation. And they were given one restriction and that was to not eat of this thing. Imagine how much life would be different if they had followed God. Imagine how much different life would be. And so if we go back to our, this little phrase, this little myth or inaccuracy that we're following, you know, that if it, didn't, if it wasn't supposed to happen, if the Lord doesn't want it to happen, it won't. Well, God right there in chapter 3 says, Thou shalt not do this long before the Ten Suggestions, I mean the Ten Commandments. Long before the Ten Commandments, God said, don't do this. Which begs the question, how much trouble do we get into in our lives because we deviate from our orders? How much trouble, how much consternation, how much ill will, how much anxiety, how much of all the world and its problems happen because you and I don't stay focused on what God tells us to do. Very specific in chapter 3 of Genesis, don't eat of that tree. And yet Jesus makes it very broad in His saying, when asked what is the greatest commandment, He says, love the Lord your God with everything you have. Yes, I am shortening it, but love the Lord your God with everything you have and your neighbor as yourself. Now, if we really wanted to do an audit of our days, if we really wanted to do an audit of our thoughts, if we really wanted to do an audit of our actions, can it be said that any of us in this room love the Lord our God with everything we have and love our neighbors as ourselves exclusively? Just think about that for a minute. But then what happens after they ate, after they were allowing themselves to be deluded by the snake. Well, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. And God came to spend some time with His appointed stewards. And they weren't there. The Lord said, where are you? He said, 
I, was I heard the sound and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And you know, the interview goes on. Who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And then here's where the complication comes. And this is where I think this idea of if the Lord didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't happen, flies in the face of this right here. Flies in the face of Christianity. And actually, if it were the way we are to practice life, then we should shut this down and do something else because we wouldn't be people of integrity. And that is this, the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. Do you notice right there? He's already deflecting blame. I'm not going to stand up here and make a bunch of crash jokes about men and women. They're tired and they're old. But I will say this. His first instinct was to shift the blame. But he's not the only one that shifts blame in this passage. Let's take a look at something else here in the very end of this. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. Notice she too is deflecting blame. The serpent tripped me, and I, in other words, it's not my fault. I'm so glad Anna hasn't figured out that phrase yet. It's not my fault. But how often do we try to shift blame to others? How often do we try to shove responsibility off? And how many times do we excuse our sin because of something someone else said or did to us? And so we say, I have a right to commit this sin. No, it's not there. Sorry, it's not there. And if you keep reading the rest of chapter 3, you will see how God kind of blew both of those arguments out the water. But the thing you and I must learn this morning is that we must own our own culpability with respect to our sin. We must own our own culpability with respect to our sin. Because you notice how Adam and Eve, each in their answers, kind of buried the lead a little bit. They eventually fessed up, but they basically were saying, God, don't blame us, it's somebody else's fault. And when you and I allow ourselves to buy into this idea that everything happens for a reason, and we buy into this idea that if the Lord didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have happened, we're missing the whole doctrine of sin. We're missing the whole doctrine of grace. We're missing the whole doctrine of accountability. Because then we're deflecting blame for our own sinful actions onto God Himself. Now, don't sit there and beat yourself up with a wet noodle. But let's turn this discussion forward. And instead of just talking about what isn't true, let's remember what is true. Let us remember that God says through Christ, in Christ, as Christ, 
He approaches people with sin and he says, now go forth and sin no more. Now go forth and sin no more. It's not to say the past didn't happen, but we have a choice. We can live in our past or we can embrace our future. And it's hard. It's absolutely hard. Because we get caught up in nostalgia. We get caught up in this, that, and the other. Uh, and yet, we have to own the fact that because of our sin, there will be consequences. Adam and Eve were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Doesn't mean God didn't love them any less. Didn't mean that God didn't care about them any less. And just because God was frustrated with them did not mean that He had written them out of the book of life. But they have to own their sin. We must own it. We can't blame anyone else. It's not a one of us in this room that has not been deeply hurt by somebody else we trusted and loved. And yet we have a choice. We can live as people of freedom or we can live as people of bondage. Don't forget, even Adam and Eve, even though they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, God did not strike them down. God did not kill them. But they had to learn that it was their fault and not the serpent's. So let's drive this idea of the Lord didn't want it to happen. If the Lord didn't want it to happen, it won't. Let's get that out of our mindset. Now let's own our actions. But even along with owning our actions and along with owning our culpability, let us also embrace the grace that is present when God says, yeah, you've done this, but now go forth and do no more because you've been washed in the waters of baptism. You have been forgiven at the foot of the cross and you have promised because of the discovery the women made at the empty tomb. And don't think you have to do it under your own strength because after Jesus rose from the grave, He ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to help us walk this journey so we don't have to do it alone. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.